Hello and welcome to Geek Sweat. This is the show and podcast for news, reviews and interviews of all things film, TV and media related. We are recording live from Ithaca House and we are being brought to you specifically by the Blue Ice Microphones uh, in black and white colours and recording on Audacity software. Today we are being controlled by the remarkable MKH Inc. And we are also being special guest appearance received with the marvellous Michael Ahan. Hello. And we are also being co-hosted by the surreptitious Stephen Code. Hi, surreptitious. Uh, define that word for me, Trevor. It was the first one that came to my mind <laughs> off my Rolodex of S's. And I am your host, uh, the tremendous Trevor Jones, and we are now bringing to you Geek Sweat. So now we are looking at uh, a different aspect of Geek Sweat. We are going to go in deep and in depth on a particular subject and uh, subject of interest, which is close, near and dear to your heart, Stephen. Tell us Hi. about it. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd do a little... Um, uh, I am about um start of, um, well, cult TV in Britain, really. Um, starting off in the early 60s and so I thought I'd look at the beginnings of the Avengers and Doctor Who. What's your interest in TV, particularly in the UK and that area? Um, well, Doctor Who's always been my favourite thing. I've been a fan since 1980, since I was like four years old and, you know, I've read a lot about it over the years and I've seen every episode, which um, not a lot of people can say. <laughs> well, not a lot of people can also say they know who Doctor Who is. So tell us about him. What type of character is he? Um, the Doctor. Well, I'll go into that in my little um, little presentation. But um, yeah, um, he's a, well, he's a time lord. He travels in time and space and helps people. That's well, it didn't start like that, which is what I'm going to explain in a bit. Okay. This is now the popular conception. Doctor Who is of a hero in his box. Hero out of his box. In his box. In his, it? Yeah. Okay. Madman in a box, they call it. The, the madman in the box? He, yeah, that's how he refers to himself. That's interesting, actually. Because um, I've never really thought of um, the TARDIS, which is his vehicle or spaceship, as it were, as a kind of coffin or something he could be trapped in. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there was an episode where the TARDIS is, it's, is the Doctor's coffin. Okay, <laughs> we'll start us off and tell us more. Okay, well, I was going to start off with the Avengers, because the Avengers started slightly earlier than um, Doctor Who. Doctor Who started in 23rd November 1963, whereas the Avengers started in January 1961. The Avengers started off as... Um, this is... I mean, the, the point of, of this is I'm going to show how two programmes which became known for a certain style, certain for being a certain way and how genres yes how they started off as a different programs and then eventually turned into the programs that everyone knows about so starting off with the the avengers that's the british avengers obviously and that started off as a 
It was a drama about uh, a doctor called um, Dr. David Keel, who's played by Ian Hendry. What um, made these Avengers British? Like, what was the Brit? What was the distinct, the main distinction between the British Avengers and the American ones? Um, the British event. Well, um, funnily enough, the the title for the British Avengers, the Avengers, came before anything else in the series. They, they came up with the title first, and then built a program around it. Oh wow! So that was how they did it. I mean, it started off like I was saying with Ian Hendry playing Doctor David Keel, who's a doctor whose um, wife had been murdered, and it 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 follows him as he tries to find out who murdered his wife. That sounds like the plot for the fugitive. It does sound like the fugitive, yeah. But and helping him in this journey is a is a character called John Steed, played by Patrick McNee, oh, wow. and he's a member of the um, Secret Services. And so what eventually happens is that they come together and each week they solve a different crime together and, and it, get one step closer to finding who killed the doctor's wife I don't know if you ever do find out who kills the doctor's wife oh, wow. because at the end of season one Ian Hendry left mm. um, he wanted a film career yeah. so he ended up in films like Repulsion uh, Children of the Damned Get Carter The Hill and so um, uh, The Avengers which is um, sort of changed like it changed its um, tone it always had like a Hitchcock James Bond vibe to it yeah. But um, the first season was a bit conventional, it was a bit dark, kind of, um, um, there's a hint of using kind of a unusual locations, but there wasn't like much charm or much wit, and yeah. everyone was surprised that it got a second season. I want to say one thing, mm. The Fugitive, the American TV series, actually yeah. started in 1963 as well, so oh, it sounds it? like there's a little bit of plagiarism <laughs> that may have happened there. Maybe, but America wouldn't have seen the first season of The Avengers, yeah. it wasn't broadcast there. Okay. So that's unlikely. But then, anyway, so Hendry, Ian Hendry leaves at the end of season one. Yeah. And in comes. Um, season two. Now, season two, John Steed, who I was talking Drum roll effect. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, that's what you, you, mi- you missed your cue, MKH, man. That was but a drum roll moment. Ha- here's, the, here's the thing. Um, just. just just uh, referring to my sound, Dash, your my dashboard, s- my sound desk. It yeah. doesn't actually have a drum roll, so I'm oh, waiting damn. for. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for everyone else to um, give me perspective sound effects that I can add to the. Yeah, to the. the so board. this isn't a damn you MKH. This is kind of a damn you audacity type of thing. I don't. Or, I, well, it, or do, where where do the sound effects come from? Or can we quote that? I can. I can. I can download them from the internet. But cool. I, I just don't have it on my soundboard. I can oh, get okay. it on my sound. I can add it to my soundboard. Okay. Um, but it's just not on there at the moment because I never thought there would be an opportunity to use okay. it. Okay, emergency drum roll coming. So it had the character. So uh, yeah. So John Steed, who was the second kind of who, who helped the main character in the first season, he's now promoted. He becomes the main character in the Avengers, mm. and he's helped um, originally. It's, he has helpers that are, there's three of them that come and go there's Venus Smith who's a nightclub singer she helps him in a few stories yeah. then there's Martin King who basically word for word replaces uh, Ian Hendry's character they even give him his scripts wow. so there's no kind of introduction story for him it's just <laughs> he's just given the scripts he's, he, he's just kind of brought in as like a Dumbledore face for face yeah yeah yeah, yeah no explanation given. yeah although he does play a different character he's called Martin King rather okay. than um, 
David Keel. Anyway, but the big um, revelation is is uh, on a black man. Yeah. Who um went on to be like a Bond girl at some point, didn't you? You're, you're spoiling my story now, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll shut up. <laughs> so Kathy Gale, so Honor Blackman plays a character called Kathy Gale, and the thing is that she um she was a revelation. She was an action orientated um decision making equivalent of Doctor Keel from the first season, but the way they got her t- to um. Uh, so would that that would have been a, pro- a progressive female character at the time, considering was, what was the on way the they made it a progressive progressive female character at the beginning was that they gave her man's lines. Oh, so really? the characters written as a man, yeah. and then she read the lines for the man. And this, so she was like the first um, almost Angelina Jolie in terms yeah. of adopting she, male she, characters. Th- there was n- there was no character like her on TV at the time. She was uh, a rare example of television challenging misconceptions of the age. Yeah. The scripts were written when the writers knew she was a woman. Yeah. Actually, went downhill a bit because they suddenly thought, "Oh, we're writing for a woman now." Mm. But they had a little bit of a get together, and they kept on. And she has very strong roles. She never screams. She yeah. never gets upset. She um, she never panics when she's cornered. I suppose. No, no, yeah. she never panics, and she's she steeds equal in every way. And okay. um, in fact, every kind of male female TV or film partnership ever since has been influenced. But in some respect, by the Avengers and by mm. the Steed. Yeah, it's an interesting partnership girl. because he's supposed to be like the well-dressed uh, British gentleman, yeah. and she's supposed well, to that, be that like very foxy. Later. Still, in the first couple of seasons, he's still kind of just a sort of guy in a suit who works for the Secret Service. He doesn't get his bowler hat and his um to- and his umbrella until later on. So for you, seasons later. for you, is that character development or is that writers just figuring out what they've got on their hands? Well, it was, it was at the end of season three, um, they signed a deal with uh, ABC in America okay. and ABC bought the Avengers and so they made it much more English mm. to appeal to the American viewers. So because they, they exaggerated the Englishness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. so it became a lot more colourful and a lot more... Um, you know, a lot, just an odd, odd little Brit. Yeah, 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 that whole thing. Um, hold on. <laughs> and oh, yeah, one of the other things Kathy Girl was famous for is, of course, the black leather um, jumpsuits that she used to wear for her um, the fight scenes, which were used basically because they were much easier to film in, and it was much easier for to get around in. But they became kind of a uh, a symbol of sixties. Um, so what was this character's name? Kathy Gale. Kathy Gale. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the thing is, it's almost like she's got the um, it's the early version of a superhero suit, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then so and then it all starts to change in the third season with um, it starts to get less serious and it, it starts to get more kind of um, it, well, it, it, it it's it, it's uh, I'm, I'm kind of using it. I've got a question. I've got a question. Yeah. Um, do, do you do you feel that um, women? Should go back to cat <laughs> No, no, no. But w- women uh, speaking lines that were written for men is yeah. that inadvertently feminism, or in terms of equality? Because we're not seeing the character because. We're we're seeing that it doesn't matter if the words are said by a man or a woman, it still flows. 
yeah, could also yeah, be lazy yeah. writing. It's, it's, it was, it, the reason it happened is because they wrote it for a male character yeah. that they thought it would be a male character. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then that, you, and obviously, given the times it was in the 60s, uh, subconscious prejudices started to creep in when, it's, when they realised, okay, we need to write for a woman. We don't know how to write for a woman. Yeah, so, yeah. Was that a... Because would you agree that they they kind of they were inadvertently progressive in terms of giving yeah yeah definitely to, yeah yeah and then as soon as they um, they realized okay we need to start writing for a woman then the times of when it was when this show was set mm. started to rear its ugly head and um, yeah it just showed how uh, out of touch these 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 writers. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was an age when things like that were changing on TV. I mean, before Kathy Gale, all women in any situation would scream or wouldn't know how to react. Even the strongest written women mm. in TV before that would have moments where they'd scream yeah. or, you know, yeah, act just like scream, a woman. Like... And, um, and Kathy Gale was nothing like that. And um, that's, that's really interesting that they were able to do that. Um, also, not going to lie, when you first started saying... Um, you were about to talk about the Avengers. I was like, oh, a little breakdown about Captain America <laughs> and Iron Man. <laughs> I didn't actually, realize. <laughs> actually, I, the thing is, I do want to say there, there might be a connection here because um, in the Avengers, um, the female characters. Or, Which or one the fem- are we talking about? I think it's Kathy Gale. Oh. I'm talking about in the UK version. Yeah. She wears almost predominantly dark colors, dark blue, dark black, cat suit like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she's got long, flowing shoulder length hair. Does a lot of high kicks in high heels. Yep, yep. And uh, knows some kind of form of kung fu or jujitsu. And I'm thinking, after all of these years, this is now being portrayed on screen as a Black Widow okay. by Scarlett Johansson okay. in yeah, the yeah. feature films. And um, as a throwback, she's the almost the evolution of this character. It's almost like like for like, if you carbon copied. Um, what Scarlett Johansson dresses in like and what she does and slapped it into a 1960s mm-hmm. show, she would be in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we're talking about in season three, which was Kathy Gale's last season in the show, uh, the programme changed. So uh, like I was saying, it started off as quite a dark, kind of realistic, gritty drama. And then over three seasons, it it changed into a kind of programme of wit. It kind of, it was strange. It had... um. Uh, it flirted with surrealism, really. Do you think it um, lost or gained stuff? Oh no, but this it? is we're now heading towards an Avengers that everyone knows, an Avengers that you know it's the um the show that everyone knows it is. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning it wasn't, and then um, I mean, you, there's plots like there's um a criminal organization that has a front as a church, and um, uh, Kathy joins a motorcycle gang which uh run by witches. Wow, <laughs> you know, so it, the, the stories become much more surreal. They become much more. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it becomes that the um, the main characters are. Um, you don't feel that they're ever in any threat because they have this kind of relationship, this kind of back and forth relationship. Yeah. You know, sort of flirting and stuff, mm. and the actual drama is happening outside of them. Yeah, it happens outside of them. I mean, they get involved with with these stories, but you never get the sense that they're in danger or yeah. it's it's kind of it becomes like they're having a laugh. Yeah. 
Because the interesting yeah. thing is about the Avengers is essentially, despite their so-called um, connections and the government they're supposed to work for, yeah. they're more or less a two-man team. They never really need or call for backup. No, no, no. In fact, they, they, they are they are two-man team, yeah, and in, or two-person team. Two and, person. in, and in many occasions, they're actually the backup when the government's kind of lost their hand or grip on something. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so. Odd, odd stories so the stories get odder um, directors become experimental there's lots of odd kind of mirror shots and keyhole shots and yeah. the Avengers and it, it just starts to look it looks like the 60s it looks exactly like you expect yeah. the 60s would look like if it was a spy show do you think TV. do you think um, the potential influence of drug culture at the time, maybe like marijuana, LSD, and like I think it's a bit early for that. Because this is still 1962, So you think it, they were being pre-progressive before yeah, the influence yeah. of drugs I, in, in I, culture? I, I, I think I don't think drugs means things will become experimental. Yeah. I think experimental happens, and people like to experiment, and drugs were just part of it. No, but the thing is, um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, in the 60s, uh, a lot of people think about like the Rolling Stones yeah, and yeah. the Beatles. And um, their experiments with drugs to kind of become more creative. And well, as the event, because the Avengers finishes in nineteen sixty-eight, so okay. it kind of it, it goes it, through the decade, and yeah. you get um, in season four, it becomes a color TV show. Yeah, um, and as, as I was going to say at the end, so after the end of season three, um, this the height of Kathy Gale's fame. She's probably the most famous TV character in Britain at that time, mm-hmm. and she quits because. She's offered the role of Pussy Galore in mm. Goldfinger, and she decides that's probably where she wants to do now. So Kathy Gale leaves the Avengers, or Honor Blackman leaves the Avengers at the end of season four, just as they get a new contract with um, ABC in America, mm. which means that it will no longer be shot on video, but actually be shot on film. Okay. So from then on, it's going to look much better. Mm. So everything's, everything's looking good, apart from the fact they've lost their star. So James Bond technically killed the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, but no, because what happens after mm. is the is what everyone remembers the Avengers as. Because mm. Kathy Gale, although Kathy Gale was a um, incredible character, the, p- the person they brought in to replace her is mm. probably even more famous, and that's Diana, Diana Rigg. Rigg playing yeah. Emma Peel. Emma Peel, of course, M mm. Appeal, Man Appeal. That's where her name comes from. Okay. <laughs> Man so, appeal. Yeah, okay. and so that's what that's my first half of the Avengers um, summary. I wish I'd written it out there. <laughs> no, it's cool. I liked it. I wanted to ask one question about the Avengers, which yeah. is: um, Did Diana Rigg go on to be a Bond girl at one point? Yeah, Diana Rigg was also a Bond girl. She was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where she actually married James Bond. So, in all effects and essences. She still got the one up on on a Blackman by having a better version of Kathy Gale. And a I think Pussy Glore, Pussy Glore is more famous than um whoever Diana Rigg. I mean Diana yeah, Rigg. Yeah, but she never gets the guy though. Yeah, Diana Rigg did actually manage to mm. marry James Bond, but then got, she got died. Shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Slightly unfortunate. <laughs> well, uh, that's the end of uh, part one of our. Um, exploration into cult tv and the 60s through the lens of the avengers um we hope that you listen to more of our episodes and podcasts uh thank you for listening if you'd like to find out more about what we're doing with geek sweat please hashtag 
G-W-K-S-W-E-A-T to find us online. That's hashtag GeekSweat. Or you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook or other forms of social media, uh, particularly CastBox. Look forward to hearing from you soon and thank you for listening. You've been listening to the dulcet tones of Stephen Code. Hello. Uh, the musings of Michael Ahan. Hi. And and the tones of Mr. MKH Inc. Uh, good day. Uh, I've been Trevor Jones, your host. Uh, look forward to hearing from you again soon. We hope you would like to hear from us again soon. Take care. Ciao for now.